You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to this very special edition of The Screeners. It is the Star Wars The Last Jedi only review. I cannot wait to dive into this film. But before we do, I wanted to invite all of you, just like always, to join us on our Facebook page. That's where the conversation happens. That's where we love to interact with you. Let us know how wrong Josh is on just about everything that he says. We really appreciate that information. (laughs) You guys just keep that rolling in. It makes him feel good and us feel good. It's really a great thing. He feeds on your hate. So anyway, we really appreciate your comments, and uh, we value your opinions, and uh, Josh doesn't. That's just the way it is. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive right in to our review and our thoughts on Star Wars The Last Jedi. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. I need someone. Show me my place in all this. All right. Well, here we are in our annual now. I think uh, we're getting into this tradition. Uh, We're getting a new Star Wars movie every year. And uh, this is the mainline Skywalker storyline Star Wars film that we're getting this year. Everybody's obviously pumped about it. The IMDb, the IMDb description is as follows. Ray develops her new discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance prepares to do battle with the First Order. All right. Ryan Johnson is the director this time around. And, oh, man, we got a huge cast. I'm not even going to name names. I'm sure we're going to talk about them uh, here in just a minute, but I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. To say that the reviews are mixed would kind of be a little deceitful because I feel like the critics love this movie, but a lot of viewers are not huge fans. We'll probably discuss that as well, but I'm curious to know what the screeners thought. So we're going to dive into our discussion of Star Wars The Last Jedi, but before we do, I want to remind everyone, we're going to do a spoiler-free discussion at the very beginning, just some general thoughts, what we enjoyed about the movie or didn't enjoy about the movie, and leave that as spoiler-free as possible. And then we'll have uh, a spoilerific discussion thereafter. So You'll be safe. If you haven't seen the movie, feel free to stick around for a little bit. We'll talk about what we thought about it. And then after you've seen it, come back for our spoiler talk. So to kick things off, let's hear from Chad. What did you think of The Last Jedi? Well, I have 
no idea what any of you guys think about this movie. Don't and I don't remember The Force Awakens. I know Chris, you were really high on that. And I I liked it very much as well. I don't remember Daniel. Just real quick, Daniel, where were you on Force Awakens? Did you like that film? It is a very. It's very nearly a perfect movie. Yes. Oh, okay. So high. that's a Whoa. that's a strong like. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Love, love. I should say. Okay. Well, for me, I, I didn't think Force Awakens was, was perfect. I had some problems with it, but I definitely enjoyed it very much. So I went into this very excited just because I'm such a fanboy of Ryan Johnson. This is only his fourth feature, but I've loved every single thing that he's done. Visually, he is uh, he's worked with the same DP since his uh, film school days, and it, just his imagery and the way he moves his camera is magnificent. I've always been a fan of that. But he also is very subversive uh, in the way that he makes films, so I was interested in how this was going to be. Not sure what to expect, honestly. And I have to be honest and say that uh, when I came out and saw how split the reactions were, I was really very surprised by that because I freaking love this movie. (laughs) I love it. It is easily my favorite Star Wars film of the entire series. Mm. Um, I like it better than Empire. I, I like it better than... Force Awakens by a mile. And when we get, it's very difficult to talk about the, the, the specifics of why this movie worked for me on a on an aesthetic level for sure, but on an emotional level that no other Star Wars movie has, had, has affected me. And I, I can't talk about that until we're in spoilers because a lot of the reasons that it works in the way that it does is because Ryan Johnson is a filmmaker who is interested in things other than what Star Wars has historically given us over the course of all of these films. I think it's very clear, and I don't want to make this a The Last Jedi versus all the other movie kind of thing, but there has been kind of this line that's been drawn down the middle of you either really love this movie or you hate or you hate it. And and I don't I don't think that's the best way to approach this, I, but I do think it is worth mentioning that I think there are clear patterns in both the prequels and the original trilogy based around the hero's journey and how all of those trilogies unfold. And I think that with The Force Awakens, we got a, a, a relaunch of almost the exact same thing that had come before it. Mm-hmm. And it was a very clear trajectory that was set towards where I thought that this this last, or not this last, but that this new trilogy was going to go. Uh, essentially, Ryan Johnson has, trying to keep this as general as we can, has said, no, thank you. I'm going to do something completely different, and everything that you thought was going to happen is not going to happen. And everything that was set up from The Force Awakens that you, as a fan, would like to see I'm going to not, I'm not necessarily interested in that version of this story again. And for me, that was a breath of fresh air that was so magnificent because visually there are set pieces in this movie. There are shots in this movie that are already some of the best looking shots that we've ever had in Star Wars. There are some sequences in this that are magnificently composed. I mean, it's just, you can see the the filmmaker's hands all over it and 
thematically it's more rich than any of the Star Wars that have preceded it for sure. Now, I don't I can understand why some people don't like it as much because it's not like this warm blanket of nostalgia that we're used to getting that J.J. Abrams gave us with The Force Awakens. It's it's not as easy to stand up and cheer and feel like, oh, this is the Star Wars that I wanted, but I think that this is a far superior film. I've already seen it twice. When we get into spoilers, I have a lot to say, but overall, I love this movie, and I can't begrudge anybody that doesn't, but for me, this is as good as it has been uh, thus far. Nice. Okay, I... A, a, a very positive review from Chad. That's uh, that's uh, great stuff. Okay, so Daniel, how did you enjoy the Last Jedi? Did you enjoy? It? Did you hate it? Did you love it? What were your thoughts? I absolutely did not hate this movie, but I am I'm a little mixed on it. I am not as positive as Chad, and that's why it's 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 tough to talk about especially without going into spoilers because i i kind of understand the audience score because there there really is a there are a lot of problems in this movie there is also a lot of incredible stuff in this movie like there's i totally agree with a lot of the stuff chad said some fantastic visuals some of the best visuals in any star wars movie uh, there are just incredible moments. Uh, thematically, this movie is so rich. Um, the the emotional moments are fantastic. The character developments are completely incredible. Some of the best in any Star Wars movie as well. Um, I, I, the ever almost every character choice in this movie, as far as where the character is going, the the emotions behind the character, all that stuff, is is incredible. Um, now that said, there's a lot wrong. And Chad said it, and I've seen a lot of people say this. Um, for, for people who love The Last Jedi are saying about people who didn't love it as much, kind of thinking that they didn't love it because it's not this nostalgia fest, or that, oh, it's just so different, they can't handle change. Chad didn't say that, but I've, I've, I've seen other people say this. For me, that's none of those things are, are real. The problems I have with it are from a pacing standpoint, a structure standpoint, uh, this movie is completely different from a structural standpoint than any other Star Wars movie ever. And I'm all for change. Um, but this one just felt weird to me. Uh, if you think about the actual physical plot, very, very little happened. Almost nothing happens in this movie. Now, emotionally and from a character standpoint, like what the characters go through and, th- you know, uh, inside themselves and all that stuff, lots happens. And it's great. But the plot itself is really awful, terrible. I I, I actually <laughs> hate the plot of this movie. We're gonna have to have, dive into that because yeah, I totally I disagree with that. I I that's the most. Have, that's the worst thing I've ever. I, that I doesn't have, make any sense. I have so many problems with this movie. Makes total sense. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's genuinely well, I terrible. Hope, I hope that you have the wow. same problems with the original trilogy. Yeah, but we can get to that later. Wow. This, the original. Tri- no other Star Wars movie has has a plot like this. N- we need none. to revisit The Empire Strikes so, Back. So I just did earlier this week, actually. And All right, we'll, no- we'll dive in. We'll dive into this. Let's not have this discussion now because <laughs> it's definitely a spoiler thing. But what like, I, we need to come back to this, sure, obviously. Sure. This, so, is a, this is something so to I'll, I'll kind of wrap up my general thoughts. So I hate the structure of this movie. I think it's extremely weak. But it, it really is saved. Uh, I, 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 I know it's going to sound like I'm super negative on, on this movie. I promise you I'm not. There's a lot wrong, and I have a lot of problems with it, but 
the character moments and emotional moments are so incredibly strong that I really do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I, I, you know, I rate it as an eight out of 10 for me. It's still a really, really incredible movie and there's a lot of great stuff. So I have Mm. some big problems with, with the movie that we'll definitely dive into, but I still really, really enjoy it. Okay. All right, Josh, what did you love about this movie? Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind is something that won't make sense until we go into spoilers. All right. Then don't, don't answer it based on something that happened in the theater. It's not even part of the, really part of the movie but so do you have anything else you'd like to start off this interview with chris no i'm not interviewing you you go for it man you you just unload let us know what's going on with this movie what we missed so i saw this movie with a group of people from work we had a we made kind of a like an office christmas party out of it um and i think what i heard after the movie i think one of the wives one of our wives kind of liked it but i heard everything from eh, it was okay to the next day, the more I thought about it, the madder I got. Um, and that quote is not from me, by the way. It's from someone else who's generally an optimistic person. So I don't feel like I'm alone in saying that this this movie was not for me. And I did not, like, I, I had two and a half hours to sit and think about why I'm more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan. And I'm not saying you can't be both. I'm just, I'm just not a Star Wars kind of person. And... I feel like it's the the entire series has always focused on a black and white view of the universe and this without going into anything else this movie um doesn't doesn't veer from that in the slightest have we got to no. talk about that in yeah spoilers. we do we this really is do. like the first movie oh tell me no no we, <laughs> we do because that was the most that was the biggest disconnect i had with everything you and daniel were saying is that you both said this was a thematically rich movie and that the character development and emotional moments were amazing. And I got zero of that. Mm. I had no connection to what was happening in this movie. Mm. And there were there was a little bit of character development, but it didn't seem like it was in the right place. And we'll talk about what I mean by that later, of course. The writing was just schlocky and it felt like a Disney movie. And this is Star Wars for Star Wars sake at this point. There, the original trilogy should have just stayed the Star Wars movies, but of course it's made George Lucas billions of dollars, so why would he stop it? I've got not much more to say that's not spoilerific at this point, other right. than I'm the visuals, like you said, the visuals were great. It's a Star Wars movie. It had a huge budget. Um, it also had a lot of shameless merchandising plays and really awful one-liners that just kind of took me out of everything else so it was it was overall it was not for me let's put it that way okay all right so we got an eight out of ten from daniel a i freaking loved it from chad and a it's not for me from josh this really i mean this this could be every movie (laughs) maybe not every movie especially with what you're about to say about it especially with daniel giving it an eight out of ten score and and a five out of (laughs) ten review yeah i know that's exactly what i was sneaking the entire time is like wait what how is that those two things don't no really i don't hate it there are things that i really love about this movie okay so i don't want to add too much more here uh because i think everything you guys have said i echo fairly heavily i thought there were some some problems with this movie particularly the the finn storyline i was not a huge fan of uh i still enjoyed it visually it looked really good um but i just felt like what happens to him in this movie just seems 
I agree with you, Daniel, for him, from his perspective anyway, a little bit pointless. But everything else in this movie, I loved with my whole heart. Um, I So I'm gr- very grateful for Movie Pass. I've already told Melody, I think every week until it's out of the theater, I'm going to go see this movie. Like go see like a 9.30 or 10 o'clock showing in the morning uh, every, you know, like Tuesday or something like that. Because this is just I love it I I just I I enjoyed it so much um I thought the what they do with these characters I don't I can't remember when we talked about the the first film The Force Awakens and I can't I I I know we talked a lot about these characters and where they were headed but I, I just I loved so much the message that they had with the main characters of this film about what they're trying to say about hope and uh, what what it means to have uh, a fate and what it means to be able to buy into what other people have told you you should be. I just, I love this movie. It is it is so wonderful. Uh, from the, the visuals like you guys have already pointed out, everything is flawless in that perspective. Ryan Johnson, I am, a, I already was a huge fan of. I, I loved Looper. Had a great time with that, and I'm sure that that movie is what really sold them on giving him this. But man, what a huge jump it was to go from that budget to this and the things that you'd have on your shoulder. And now he's got his own trilogy. Ryan Johnson has been given his own trilogy by uh, by Lucasfilm and by Kathleen Kennedy. So I enjoy what they do with the the older characters, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. All of it was just really a, a well done, well made movie from beginning to end thrilling and i can't wait to see it again and again and again so i'm not going to say anything else about it there other than just i really enjoyed it so let's go through our normal uh process of kind of rating it we don't do a star system here on the screeners we talk about should you see it in the theater should you rent it at home should you wait till it's on netflix or should you just skip it all together chad where do you line up on that scale Oh, it's easy. Uh, see it in the theater for sure. It's theater worthy, and oh, yeah. it is beautiful. It's shot on film. It's gorgeous. It's yes. a magnificent blending of maybe one of the best that I've ever seen as far as a blending of practical and CGI. There, I read an article that said this Star Wars has the most uh, practical elements in it than any Star Wars. I think they mentioned 180 creature creatures that were practical but the mix of cgi and the practical is i mean just technically breathtaking and i'm a fan of the movie as well so definitely see this in the theater yeah Uh, the biggest screen the best sound that you can it's it's as good as it gets let me pause before i give my thing that okay uh that this is the most practical effects in any star wars movie that shocked me i didn't i hadn't i hadn't read that because wow there were a lot of moments uh, I'm thinking especially the casino planet, which is uh, the worst planet ever in a Star Wars movie ever. Uh, and how I disagree with you on filled that. with CGI <laughs> it was. Uh, I was really disappointed. Uh, I mean, wow. Overall, there was a lot of there were a lot of good effects. I mean, amazing visuals throughout this. But to find out, I I really watching it, I felt like there was so much more CGI than than the Force Awakens. Nope, uh, not wow. even close. Not in the casino for sure. I mean, obviously those creatures 
that are in on the track and the things like that are CGI, but in the casino, almost all of those are practical. Wow. Almost all of that, them. Uh, that is shocking to find that out. Okay. Daniel, where do you fall? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just resigned to the fact that I'm going to sound super negative in this movie, or in this review, even though I'm not that, that negative on it. Uh, so, yes, of course you should see this in the theater. It's a Star Wars movie. It's, uh, it's incredible to see it on the big screen. I saw it in IMAX, and it's just amazing. So, yes, you absolutely need to see this in the theater even though there are problems with it it's still a fantastic movie josh uh, my opinion doesn't matter what are you even throwing to me for right okay great it's so a Star Wars i would movie. i you're would gonna s- see it and you're gonna see it in the theater what <laughs> don't why i was just asking your opinion man what do you think obviously we don't need to know it's fine but you if, know that's if, the question i was asking if if you're gonna see it you should probably see it where it was designed to be seen in the theater but okay. you're going to. All right, and I definitely would say the same thing. See it in the theater. This, they, I mean, I, these are meant to be spectacle films. They are meant to be seen on the big screen. There are details there that are stunning and astounding and just, oh, so good. The opening sequence in this movie is an actual, I heard on a podcast they were talking about an actual Star War, which there actually hasn't been one. So this is a Star War. It is actually pretty great. Uh, really, really a good a good thing. And this movie is actually funny, by the way. I, I People are slamming it because of that. I enjoy, I enjoyed the heck out of these these funny moments in this movie. Yes, see it in the theater. Okay, let's dive in to spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right. Uh, so, you know, we can continue in the negative stuff, but I, I, I really want to talk about the, the stuff that we liked here before we dive too heavily into the negative stuff, although I think it might be more interesting to talk about. But what happened in this movie that maybe you really enjoyed that you weren't expecting? For me, I'll kick things off. Uh, I already talked to Josh a little bit about this before we started, but we didn't talk a lot about it. But uh, the idea that Yoda showed up in this movie, oh, so I had good. no idea uh, that was going to happen. And just hit, hit the Yoda-isms that he gave in that moment were wonderful. The fact that he lit that tree on fire was really great. I just, I felt that was like a perfect moment for, for what it was. So I really loved that. I thought it was an amazing, amazing moment that I was not expecting. What were you about I, to say? Sorry, Daniel. I agree. Totally. I think I, Yoda was awesome. And I love that. It, I assume that was a puppet. It looked like one. It, it was. was a puppet. Yep. Awesome. And was- I love that because it was, I was just rewatching star Wars and I, it, it had dawned on me for the very first time. I saw a picture back to back of the puppet versus, versus yeah. the CGI Yoda and how really drastically different they looked. Um, yeah. They, I, I guess I just had never, it had never occurred to me. And so I love that uh, this looked like the Yoda that had been in the earlier movies. So yeah, that was and, awesome. And it, it was Frank yeah. Oz as well, who was actually uh, the puppeteer. So yeah, yeah. the original, the original puppeteer and the original voice, obviously of Yoda with the puppet, man, I love that. Moment. Yeah. The reaction in the room when they pulled back and you saw the back of Yoda's head. Oh, oh man, that was awesome. 
Yeah. I, and was. again, like I didn't feel like it was too much. I mean, obviously it's going to be fan service just because it's Yoda. But at the same time, I felt like it was such a good moment for growth the growth of Luke, the, yeah. the kind of the completion of his character, the, the loop that he's on. And I just, I really, I really dug it, man. I really love that moment. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great moment. And I like the fact that the, not just from an, uh, the physical character design standpoint, but from a personality standpoint that it got back to the yes. goofy, wisecracking yeah. yes. kind senile of Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, senile Yoda. And, and I also think that that's really an important part of the story itself. Uh, up to that point, it's pretty dire. And Luke's character in particular has uh, closed himself off from the Force, abandoned hope. Ray has now left the island uh, to go and confront Snoke, which we all know that she has no hope of, of, of defeating him. And so in this moment of despair... The theme of being a spark of hope actually happens again with through Yoda, the character who comes back and just tells tells Luke essentially burn all of this down. It it doesn't matter. It's all it's all inside uh, of you anyway, and it's inside of Ray, and it's not important. It's also kind of a meta commentary too, I think, to a lot of the Star Wars fans who take everything so seriously, as we see with their reaction. It's just kind of like just you know just relax. That's not what it's all about, but. It goes it goes a step further into part of what I think the overarching theme that I think is very, very strong in this film, which is it's kind of the democratization of the force. It takes it back to the everyman, to the slave boy. Yeah. It's not a legacy. It's not so uh, passed down from generation to generation, although it is, but that the force can be come from anywhere, which then leads to all the other stuff about race, parents, and her lineage and all that. But I yeah, think that so, underlying spark of hope that Yoda is for Luke is the main reason that he is able to do what he does toward the end anyway. So I think that scene is actually pretty pivotal, even though it's fan service and kind of funny. So the, the, the you're giving me a nice segue into what my favorite part of this movie is, and that is Ray's, uh, Ray's parents. Yeah. Because the thing that I mentioned in my review, and I can't remember if it was you guys or other people I talked to, I've said that the moment I saw The Force Awakens, I said, I hope Rey just is a nobody. That she is just, she's not a Skywalker, she's not related to anyone, and she's just a normal person. And halfway through this movie, when she walks into the that cave, right? She do, goes down into whatever the dark side hole is that's in that island, and she, you know, encounters you know a thousand of herself in the mirror. They make this big deal about you know who her parents are. I was like, oh man, they're gonna find some convoluted way to tie her back into some character that we're familiar with. There's gonna be Qui Gon Jinn or somebody else. And the moment that it's revealed that she she was just traded for you know, stuff. She was sold into slavery and she's a nobody. That moment to me, that is critical. I love that they are, like you said, taking away from midichlorians, taking away from like you were born and, and you are the one who is the chosen one uh, to anybody can now be somebody. Anyone can decide that they can tap into this. The force is everywhere. The force is among all of us. 
and tapping into that is just a like a, a, a I just I love that it's not like a, a chosen thing and that the theme of that in this movie for me is what I just attached onto and was like thank you that is the that's the message I want to see in a Star Wars movie and I I loved it I thought it was wonderful I completely agree I I was so happy because none of the theories made sense to me they were always no. there were major holes in all of the theories. Sure. And uh, so I, I completely agree with everything you said. And, and that ties it directly into the final scene in this movie with that kid in the broom yes. using the force, which is just brilliant. Um, yes. I absolutely, like I told you, there's, a, there's problems with this movie, but from, an, from a character, character development perspective, emotional arc, I loved every, everything that they did from that perspective. So, yeah, I, that was just a brilliant choice. To make it and make her a nobody. It totally. is. It is. It's not a very subtle theme, but that's also another theme that happens consistently in this movie. I mean, Kylo Ren literally says it. You have to forget the past and kill it if you have to. And we see that theme running throughout, which is we want to respect and honor the past, but that at some point you have to let it go. And I think, again, there's more subtext there from Ryan Johnson who's saying, I know these original characters are beloved. I know that they mean everything to everybody, but at some point we have to let the past go and move on into the into the next thing. Right. And so there are just so many layers. And, and, and it is it is one of those things where, having a relationship or a history with the with the older films certainly gives it more depth but if it's there to be found if if you're interested in finding it and that scene that you're talking about where kylo reveals who ray's parents are to the audience at least um, right. that I mean that was so well handled and oh the, so good the, the tension in the room I mean the tension leading up to that moment was just brilliant and then for him to just drop the, the information as though it's nothing because you know her parents were nobody um, I just that was a really well crafted scene um, and well, this, this, the fight afterward is equally incredible and I'm sure we'll talk about that well, that was before, right? That happens. That happens before. Like you're talking about the Snoke fight, or are you talking? Yeah, about... Yeah, yeah. I guess that is. A, I guess they're just in the same. Place. They're just in yeah. the same room. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. is a gorgeous, a gorgeous room. But yeah, that entire sequence when they walk into Snoke's throne room, surrounded by those red guards, and that entire sequence yeah. really blew me away. And I've heard a lot of people being critical about this because, again, this is my favorite thing about this movie is. Everybody was like, who is Snoke? Who is he going to be? And they kill him off almost immediately. And that's my favorite thing because they're like, Snoke's not important. Who cares about Snoke? And Ray's parents don't matter either. It's it, that's not what this is. That's not what this has ever been about. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to retread the importance of you know the 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 the, the chosen one, the, the 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 ruling royalty. That's going to end. That 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 is yeah. led. That has led to awful things when when it's a royal royal you know bloodline and all this kind of stuff it's led to this this moment where the 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 galaxy is in total disorder it's led to vader and now it's led to kylo ren it's not worked it does not work that way it works when the power when the power goes to the people not to this ruling class and i it's great. That's I, awesome. I, I agree with everything you're saying about about uh, why why it's important that Ray's parents are nobody. But that's yeah. the thing. Um, I disagree with what you said in that it didn't. Who who are Ray's parents? It doesn't matter. I think it actually matters quite a lot that we wanted to know who Ray's parents are and that we were so right. desperate to find out because that gives so much more weight to the fact 
that they are nobody. Um, right, it totally. It makes us care that they are nobody. Um, Snoke, on the other hand, I'm 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 torn on the fact that they just kind of. I love the way in which they kill them off. I thought so that was good. fantastic. I'm it was torn, so good. I'm torn on whether or not that's kind of a middle finger to The Force Awakens. Because I think back to the original trilogy, and we wouldn't really care, or we didn't really care, who the Emperor was. Obviously, we got an explanation of who he was in the prequels. But right. we nobody was really clamoring and saying who is this guy who is he you know nobody really I don't think I think that's that, that that's the opposite of what happened the moment he showed up in that hologram on an on Empire an Empire people wanted to know who that guy is who is the Emperor what who's pulling the strings you mean Vader's not the ultimate bad guy because Vader's set up that way in the original you know what I mean he's he's he seems to be they talk about the Emperor but the only uh, embodiment of evil that you see is Vader and you think he's the worst and there's somebody worse than him. Uh, and the same thing is here is like, Oh yeah, Kylo Ren, he's bad, but he's probably good. And, and this, this Snoke dude, he's the one who's really evil and pulling the strings. And that's not what we learn in this. Well, you're helping. You are very convincing. You're helping convince me that that is just a giant middle finger to the force awakens, which no, which I, I takes why, me why would that be? Why would that be a middle finger? That's just a setup. But again, like what you were saying is, is that sets you up to think this is what I want. And then this movie saying, no, but that's not what uh, we should want. No, that's no, no. Not, no. That's I, not the I totally point. agree with you in terms of how it relates to Kylo. Like I, I totally get that. But what, but in terms of the whole question of who is Snoke, um, like the fact that they were kind of just like, screw you guys. It doesn't matter who Snoke is. Forget about it. Like, and they just sure. yeah, but off. even, even in the original trilogy though, you don't see the emperor for, but for maybe 15 minutes in the entire trilogy. Right. And so it's not like there's some grand precedent where it's set. Uh, and also too, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that most of the negative, And again, I don't begrudge anybody for not liking this movie. I'm very much in the camp that, it affects me how it affects me. It affects you how it affects you. And if you hate it, great. I'm sorry you hated it. I love it. And vice versa. But at the same time, a lot of the responses that I've seen both in, you know, in my social feeds and anecdotally, you know, articles, most of them seem to be tied around a disappointment in expectations that carried over from The Force Awakens not being fulfilled in a way that they thought, and I'm not saying this about you, Daniel, but I'm just saying in general, in a way that they wanted it to be paid off. And to me, that doesn't really seem like the uh, a good way to engage art. I think you need to take this film at its own terms, and if you don't like it, fine. I'm just not a big fan of, I mean, in an era where we have, you know, cinema sins and what was wrong with this movie. And, you know, it's almost like it's become a game where people go into these films and try to outsmart the film and put the puzzle pieces together. And and if it doesn't land exactly how they think it should, especially with a, a property like Star Wars, where we have this history of... Because if you just look at this trilogy, you have a clear path here. I mean, J.J. Uh, Abrams left the end of The Force Awakens with a very clear path to... Okay, she literally hands the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker. Now Luke is going to come back, and we're going to have to deal with the Knights of Ren, and we're going to have to figure out who Smoke is, Snoke is, and then we're going to have this fight, and then it's just this same trajectory. And what Ryan Johnson did was he took a hand grenade and put it in J.J. Abrams' mystery box and blew it up. And he and literally I, threw the lightsaber away, which was the greatest away. moment. Right. Like he looks it's, at this thing and just threw it behind him. I was like, what? Okay. What? Yeah. And so, what? so hold on, so hold on, so, on. so my, my point is. So is that Johnson is deconstructing 
the chosen one mythology, yes. the hero's journey. He's literally because that's what he does. He's a he is subversive yep. and he deconstructs genres. And why I think it works here is that we have now been we now leave this movie and we have no idea where we're going in episode nine. We literally could, I mean, it could come up and it could be 15 years since the end. He has taken all these things. Who is Ray's parents? Doesn't matter. Who is, who is Snoke? Doesn't matter. Now it does matter, but I'm saying as far as paying them off in a way, seeing Luke be the great Jedi master who uh, comes to the rescue doesn't matter because now he's 60 and he's seen too much and he's disconnected he takes everything that would make us and honestly maybe it would be received a lot better if he made all those things happen but he's just not interested in telling that story which is why i think thematically it is so rich and it works so well yeah, for me and i don't and i don't disagree with almost anything you said um uh, it everything at the deconstruction of the hero's journey uh, the, the the way they took these characters in surprising and, and unique directions i love all of that what i wish and we can die we can we can take a turn here what i wish is that the rest of the plot was as strong as the character directions that they took so the plot we haven't even talked about yet the structure of this film it takes place over somewhere around less than 24 hours, uh, which has never happened in a Star Wars movie before. So it just feels completely different. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not entirely accurate, but okay. I mean, how, Ray's, how, Ray, Ray, and Luke, Ray and Luke have multiple days. Um, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not true. Uh, it, 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 there, there, there's a portion of this movie that may go for a shorter period of time, similar to like what Dunkirk does, where you get like the, you know, the longer period of time and then a shorter period of time. And then they finally intersect, but there's multiple days that happen. Okay. So you're right. So what I'm talking about is the main structure of the film, which is this literally a low speed chase through uh, that covers some, something like over 18 hours. They said there was a line in there, something about 18 hours of fuel left or something like that. And that was just completely boring. Um, I was completely disinterested in this whole low speed chase. There was nothing f- interesting that happened. And then it sends Finn, a, a character that I like. I think he's a great character. And it gives him this dumb errand to run that really I just don't care about. And that's what that's my point is that I was so invested in how they were handling the characters because it was great. Um, everything happening with Luke and Ray, all this was fantastic. But then the the plot was just... We need to just kind of slowly outrun this ship, and that's that's <laughs> it. That's everything that happened from a plot perspective. Like there are tons that happen character-wise and all that stuff, but like literally, it's just let's just outrun this ship for the entire movie, and it was just so boring to me. All right, so we've we've uh, we've had our positivity time. Josh, jump in now that we're in the <laughs> negatives. So I've been sitting here quietly and respectfully because I've actually been enjoying what everyone's been saying especially chad and the whole the whole sub- take on ryan johnson as subverting genres and subverting what's happening in star wars and i think there's there's something to be said for that and i appreciate that take on it the problem for me was that i'm easily taken out of an experience by a few painful moments and for me those painful moments were the porgs which while cute are a 
are a clear merchandising play. How dare you? Um, <laughs> yes. How dare I indeed? They're so cute, Josh. They're <laughs> so freaking cute. Come on, especially, man. Especially the roasted one. They look delicious. They that, do look that delicious. That was hilarious. <laughs> so there were a few chuckle lines, but like they're, they're there is, they don't, they're pointless. And why? That and the terrible writing for Laura Dern's character. That that was the worst character they have ever introduced in the Rebellion. Uh, Vice Admiral Holder, Holden or whatever. Something about trigger-happy flyboys and he's a troublemaker, I like him. And it was just awful. Her, her tone was wrong. Her lines were bad. And so that was that was another moment that took me out and there's the fact that i feel like the character arcs in this story belong to luke who dies at the end and finn and rose who don't really matter to the storyline as a whole and everyone else like we spend a few scenes with ray and the mirror scene was cool and all but she doesn't we don't spend enough time with her for her moment with Kylo Ren to be really impactful, at least for me. I, it clearly was for you guys. Hmm. But I, I did not... I mean, it's it's a naturally emotional line, like your, your parents just sold you for drink money, and that's terrible and all. But we haven't spent any time with her in the movie up until now to really be invested in that. Um. But Luke was cool. You you start out by saying what what your favorite part of the movie was. My favorite part of the movie was how disaffected Luke is with the world. I I enjoyed that. <laughs> he just yeah, he just walks away, jumps pole jumps across a lake, spears a fish, carries it back, just right. cooks it. I came here I'm to die with all this. By so the way, one, we should say Mark Hamill. I thought was phenomenally yes, good. Yes, yes. Very good. he was great. In fact, I was a little concerned just because he had so little to do in the first movie, and it's been a long time since I've seen him in anything that hasn't been really cheesy. That because you know he plays the Joker. That's really overacting, and you know, kind of uh, this is this is really great. Uh, he did a good job here, and and even the stuff like uh, where he has to be at the very end, where he's like force projecting himself. And uh, that entire sequence, it was just really, really neat moments with Carrie Fisher, you know, wrapping up, you know, a lot of the storyline with Ray. I just, man, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And his, and, and the, the towardness that I had about like, okay, is Luke a bad guy? Like, not maybe he's a bad guy, but he made some really poor decisions. Would he actually kill Kylo Ren? You know, would he kill Ben Solo if, if given the chance? And I'm just trying to figure out kind of where his character has been at for the last 30 years has been, was I thought really interesting. Yeah. yeah and he did that. Was. He did all those great scenes while looking dead inside, which I can respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did want to say though, I did want to respond to, to one thing cause it's come up, it's come up here twice uh, about the Finn arc, uh, especially on a second viewing. I, I, that's that sequence doesn't bother me nearly as much as it does everyone else. I don't like the CG escape when they're trying to escape and get back to the ship and all yeah. that. I, that I, that's my least favorite moment in the movie. But I disagree with the fact that it was pointless because for two reasons. One, 
within the construct of what's happening in the film, in previous Star Wars films, you have these cuts, usually between three different scenarios. Someone's on the ground, someone's in a ship, someone's in an air battle, and it cross-cuts, and each one of those has its own individual MacGuffin, right? So the people on the ground are trying to get here to blow up the thing, and the people in the ship are doing this, et cetera, et cetera. So what I liked about this that specific um, beat and what a lot of people seem to just get caught up in how bad the CGI was and it seems like there was no point but I actually think that within the construct of what they were trying to do from the character's perspective it was vitally important they had to get this guy that could get them onto the ship uh, undetected right so that they could then uh, complete the next step of their mission so that they could you know deactivate the the tracker and then they could could get away so within the plot quote-unquote it was absolutely necessary and vital and honestly from what we knew based on what we'd been told by Laura Dern's character uh, who had been set up to be the bad guy that was the only way they were going to avoid complete annihilation so it is absolutely important but thematically it's even more important when we and Daniel mentioned the very last scene of the movie with the kid it is vitally important and one of the main things that is that is that you hook into here is that this slave boy sees Finn and sees Rose and she shows him the rebellion ring. And in that moment, that boy, who we know, we, we learn later, is Force-sensitive, he sees the rebellion from the eyes of just an, a, a person, an everyday person, right, who is willing to stand up and fight for themselves. And that then helps inspire him towards the end. There are moments that, sure, you could throw it away and say, well, you could cut it out and it'd still work at the end and all that stuff, but I don't understand the just the complete dismissal of what was going on because in other Star Wars movies, everybody always always succeed. I mean, they may get detained here and there, but they always get their ultimate victory. What I liked about their arc in particular is that they didn't succeed. They got caught. And only from events that happened later down the road that were completely out of their control did they even survive. So I, I think that that sequence actually works. Now, the first time I saw it, it was my least favorite scene for sure. But watching it again, it, it really brought it more into focus for me. See, yeah. I... I agree with everything you're saying thematically. <laughs> like that's that's kind of my whole that's my whole review is I love the themes. I just wish the themes accompanied a plot that I actually cared about. The, it, it was just it was just so boring having this low speed chase. And there's so many. I, I am not a cinema sins guy. I hate cinema sins. I I'm not a, a plot hole kind of guy. But it's just the plot here is so freaking simple that it's dumb. Why in the world would they have to do this low-speed chase? That's the most boring thing that's ever been in a Star Wars movie. Like, why could they not just... Uh, I don't think you've seen Attack of the Clones. It's <laughs> I certainly the not the most boring thing that's ever but been in a But why Star could Wars they movie. not just annihilate these guys why could somebody not just go to light speed and take these guys out? like it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense why they would have to just slowly chase each other for 18 hours well um, i'm gonna be honest with you daniel i never felt like this movie was slow well, I, well I even either. as you're as you're saying this like a slow speed chase can still be interesting i mean look at oj simpson for pete's sake right i mean come on like just because something is they're actually going slower than light speed does not mean that the movie was slow and for me it never I, felt I'm not say that he uh, yeah. said it was a terrible premise yeah i'm not saying the movie itself was slow i'm saying that this that the premise of this chase was was 
I was completely not invested in because it was just so boring. I guess what I'd say, what I what I was hearing you say, and maybe you're saying those two things are separate. But what it sounds like you're saying is is that slow is boring. Is what you were saying? Is that not what you were saying? Uh, no, I'm saying that the the idea. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm separating the idea of this low speed chase from the 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 pace of the movie. The, the, it wasn't slow. It's it's that the idea of a low a, a slow chase is 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 just a boring thing. Does that make sense? So the no, it doesn't. That, <laughs> the fact that it was slow, the the speed of the chase is not the boring part. The boring part is that they would have to do that to begin with because they're a giant fleet and they should be able to overtake this cruiser either by scrambling a whole bunch of fighters or by making their big ship go just a little bit faster to get their cannons they, in. They explained all of that yeah, pretty simply. They did. They, they, Not very they, well. No, they did. They, they, they said that they, the rebel ships were faster because they're smaller, and the, 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 the large uh, First Order ships were slower because they're bigger. I mean, it's very simple. They, they, this is not again like this is they not also a start. Have a fleet of Tie fighters. They can't go out of range because if they do, they can get picked off. They, they've already, they already explained all of this. Like there was that they there did. was the t- sequences in this movie that really did, I thought did an amazing job. This to me felt like the Mad Max of Star Wars movies. When you, if we're if we're talking about like simple plot, Mad Max has no plot. It is literally A to B back to A again. That is Mad Max. This. Is and it was awful. Okay, I just disagree with you on Don't, that. Yeah, let's but, not well, get started there. But like well, the, the frenetic energy of of Mad Max just made it feel different. For this one, it was I, these incredible moments, uh, uh, character moments happening that that I was really invested in. Whereas the entire the the physical plot of the of the movie was just, hey, we're gonna sit in this ship and outrun it. Yeah, but I think I for, never felt for that me, way, though. But, for me, though, I think that that's part of what made it made it compelling is that, you know, Chris yeah. mentioned this earlier, that this is the first movie that brought the war into Star Wars. Yeah. You have the rebellion who is on the brink of extinction. You have the Empire who is at all costs going to try and finally eliminate them. And they find themselves, the rebellion, in a situation where they have no choice because now that they can be tracked through light speed... All that they can do is exactly what they're doing, which is just to stay ahead. That construct is, for me, is what makes everything else possible. If this were a more traditional Star Wars thing, we'd be bouncing around at all kinds of different systems, and there'd be a title card every other place. And for me, this brought clarity to everything where it was like, I know where everybody is. I know what everybody's driving towards. And it just worked for me. I I never found myself, you know, bored at all for what it's Okay, let's let. Let's move on from this. Let's close out this discussion. I want to talk about something else, and then we can move on. There's a couple of things I want to discuss. One of the things I really loved in this movie, and Chad, you discussed it a little bit in your general review, um, was the use of practical effects and the use of camera angles, specifically the force connection that Kylo Ren and Ray have. That that's not that's done fully practically just with camera angles. I thought it was great. I, I loved it. They didn't do any kind of weird like glowy force projection silliness. They didn't try and make it look green screen to heck. They just did you guys enjoy that? I for me, yeah. from just a film perspective, I was like, I really appreciate this. They're not doing some schlocky visual effect. They're using just practical effects. Yeah. To really great effect. Like it was it was really good. I enjoyed that. Anybody else? No? Yeah, no, I thought that was really, really excellent. All those scenes were really powerful. Uh, Had a lot of weight to them. 
Uh, yes. And and specifically the acting, um, Adam Driver is just fantastic, and he really I think I I, I loved all the characters, but I think him speci- he he specifically just had so much weight to his character, so much depth uh, because he's he's really in you don't know which way he's going a lot of the time, and uh, yeah, so I I really thought he did a fantastic job and sold those scenes so well. Yeah, even to the end, even to the end, we yeah. don't know where he's going. Yeah. Which brings us to that scene. What did you guys think of the the throne room scene? Anybody have any thoughts and opinions? Because oh. this seems to be a pretty divisive moment in the film. Divisive. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh. It was, I mean, for me, it was, it's by far the best lightsaber duel. Or it's certainly, I mean, I guess an argument could be made for Phantom Menace and Darth Maul as well. But I loved everything about it. The fact that... Snoke was reading his mind or was in his mind, but still hadn't and and literally says, I can't be betrayed while he's being betrayed. And then when the you know, when he fires the lightsaber and then Kylo pulls the lightsaber through him and he falls apart and Ray's hand comes into frame and grabs the lightsaber and it goes into the slow motion back to back. I mean, it's just so so great. That's that's just just from an excitement standpoint. That's probably the best uh fight scene in any star wars movie right do are we all uh in agreement on that i mean it's in the conversation for sure yeah it's, from, it's, from from on every level honestly visuals, like oh. the, the the visuals look amazing the, the choreography design. is amazing what's actually happening plot wise and character wise is incredible because even that darth maul scene as cool as it is who really cares about darth maul <laughs> no one but right. every those two characters specifically, I mean, I guess you could say Vader and Luke at the end of Jedi. That is closely mirrored here right. as well, obviously. But I just, I, I, I love this moment. It is really, it's really good. And the freaking room catching on fire, like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Josh, what did you hate about this? <laughs> well, Chris, I'm glad you asked. I, I could hear you wanting to say something, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" It, but uh, but uh, didn't everyone else? No, no one else thought that was way too facile and forced. Like he has this whole forced. Big, <laughs> I oh, see what you did you there. It was that? forced. It was very forced. But he has like the lines. The, I, what lines? Pull the lightsaber towards you and pointed at your enemy and it's turning towards him and he's like this force master and he doesn't notice it happening and then you fire the lightsaber and it goes through him the just the sheer cheesiness of how those of how that death scene lined up was just a little much for me like but that didn't strike anyone else no i I guess it's just a it's a star wars thing it's a if you if you really like Star Wars, you like tropes like this. I don't. Oh, well, I just I, I just I just like that everything that Snoke was saying was accurate. That that's the thing. Like it was it wasn't like he was missing anything. He literally saw exactly what was happening. He just did. except no. Yeah, he did. <laughs> because he, the lightsaber was right next to him. He could have heard it turning on his stone throne, but no. But he no, he's he just was, not he, paying attention. Exactly. He was so focused on controlling Kylo and, and, and you know, trying and trying to make sure that Kylo is going to do what he knows and he can foresee he's gonna kill his enemy. Yes, this is gonna happen. I already I know this is happening. And he's so focused in that moment that he's not paying attention 
to the fact that he is the enemy, that he is the one that Kylo hates, that he is the one that's going to die. The five minutes of him that we've seen before this paint him as being completely in control of his environment. And to yeah. me, that was just a little bit, a little ridiculous to have him, to have that be his oversight, the lightsaber right next to him on the chair be his downfall. Yeah, but also, too, part of that, though, is there's a continuing theme about masters, uh, especially on the dark side, being overtaken and killed by their apprentice, usually through their their hubris and their lack of awareness of when it's going to happen. Plus, you can't you can't oversell the the cool factor. It's just freaking cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's that you know. is it. That that's I the mean, bottom someone line. Falling in half is always cool, but that's right. Correct. Yeah, yeah and then obviously the moment after that where they fight Ray uh, and, and Kylo Ren that, that lightsaber in the middle of them. And then it gets snapped in half. And I loved what I loved most about this is that of course I'm paying attention. If you're a star Wars fan, which I'm sure all of us are, and we all are paying attention. We know what lightsabers are, what lightsabers we know that this is Luke's lightsaber, right. From uh, that he lost at, in on empire, right. Uh, it fell and then they find it and whatever it snaps. And then my favorite thing is, is that later in the movie, Luke shows up on that planet and he has that same lightsaber that is snapped in half. And I was like, I can't believe they made that big of a mistake. I just, that's so, I was like, it should, it should be the, the, the green one that he has at the end of Jedi. Why does he, why does he have, why does he have the one that just got snapped in half? They must've made a huge mistake. They didn't think about this. And then as it turns out, it wasn't real anyway, which was, I thought was wonderful. It was brilliant. I was like, okay. So they literally, he was obviously tipping his hat to the, giving enough hints to the, the the audience that what you're seeing is not accurate. Obviously his beards died differently and all that kind of stuff, but it just, when he walks, it doesn't pull up salt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It does. He does. It doesn't, it doesn't turn red. You're right. Yeah. All that stuff was like just little small hints. And I just, I thought that was great. I ate it up. I love those details. <laughs> we, we were, we were talking about that as a group afterwards. Like, like if, when we, when we could tell that it was fake or, or like not, a, a projection and yeah when we talked about the the hair color someone was just like well i thought i thought he just got it together right exactly yeah and, well so that's what one does in a movie right when uh, you're shave. about to go yeah you're about to go out on, on an epic <laughs> journey you gotta you know get the robes right you gotta dye that hair you gotta you know you gotta look good to go defeat yeah, that a enemy. little just for men in there that's right man uh, when it cut to the shot of luke levitating on the island my theater exploded with, yes. with cheers and claps Literally. and screams. Yes, yes I mean just cla- this little this little kid in front screamed like he screamed in just <laughs> pure joy. It was great. It was absolutely great. Okay, is there anything else that you guys want to chat about? I mean, I know we're we're going on and on, but this movie is like two and a half hours long, and there's a lot I, in here. I do. So. We should probably say something about uh, just from a plot standpoint and a performance standpoint that since Carrie Fisher has pa- yes. passed away, Ryan Johnson has said that the original idea was that movie one would be Han, movie two would be Luke, and movie three would be Leia. So I don't think. I don't. I'm not exactly sure where they can. They've can said go. that. I never. I've not heard that. I didn't know that that was what they were playing. Yeah, and in, in an interview that Ryan Johnson did uh, in the last couple of weeks, he said wow. that that was the tentative kind of sketch. 
not that Leia would die necessarily at the end, but that each one of those characters would play a pivotal role in each one of those films. So we really are on a on a wide open slate. But I I was really moved the the second time around, and, and this was the nostalgic side of me coming through knowing what was going to happen with Luke, seeing it the second time, his final goodbye to Leia, seeing Leia knowing that she, you know, Carrie Fisher's no longer with us. And then just, I think, because some friends of, mine, friends of mine that we saw this with, one of the guys is very much on the side of, I really wanted to see Luke be the Jedi Master that we've always hoped he would be, uh, finally get a chance to see that. But the more we talked about it, I really don't know of a more perfect way that he could go out. I think it's just, I think it's the perfect closure to that. That specific character it leaves the door open for him to come back as a force spirit or force ghost in the third one uh, if necessary but I do think there is an emotional closure that happens with those two characters at the end where they're he's saying he's sorry and he hands her to Hans those dice that were there or whatever that charm was I just I loved all that stuff for what it represented from the original trilogy and the actors themselves yeah uh, there's, two, there's two quick things I wanted to touch on um, while we're on it so first talking about Leia I I agree I thought I thought all the emotional moments with her were were great and excellent what did you guys think about the Mary Poppins uh floating moment with Leia Mary Poppins oh you mean when she's uh dies or almost about to die yes and she uses the force and pulls herself into the ship I loved every minute of it what do you mean it was amazing it was so good you didn't like that it was really goofy um it was really really i disagree man she's freaking skywalker man she's she's like the come on so she's a powerful powerful force user powerful no i i totally agree with that i I get that but uh i i would be annoyed if luke did that or if anybody else i just it was so a goofy way the the visuals of it were goofy with her being frozen and just floating through space but like it was just really really weird i i i it just did not sit right with me i chat i loved it yeah i mean i've seen a lot of people that have that same complaint although most of them most of the complaints around that haven't been around the way that it looked but more so the fact that she was able to use the force uh, at all in that scenario which shows a gross misunderstanding of that character it didn't bother me it didn't bother me that much it surprised me for sure when i first saw it happen i thought wow that is an unceremonious way to say goodbye to the character of Leia. But at the same time, I understand they they have to do it. So when she stirred and then awoke, I was very surprised. Um, I don't know that I would have done it the same way, honestly. I, I didn't love it. I didn't think it was cool. Uh, I didn't cheer like Chris, but it also didn't bother me as much as it did you. Uh, so I'm kind of ambivalent to it, honestly. I could could take it or leave it. So the other thing I wanted to bring up just real fast was how freaking awesome was the shot when Laura Dern's character used light speed and crashed into the, into the ship. Uh, that yes. was freaking amazing. Was Greatly aided by the silence. Oh, Very my well gosh. Done all, so, all the way around. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And I, I, I just... That whole that whole the whole payoff there, and seeing something you've never really seen in a Star Wars movie yeah. or even any movie really. I can't even remember if Star Trek's ever done that, where you warp through something. Although it'd be different, I know, because of deflector shields and all that. But still, like it just really looked beautiful, and what a great way to end like that that fight. I mean, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's what happens when you have a real auteur 
that's this indie filmmaker that that brings that his sense of style. It's it's just so awesome. Yeah. One quick thing I wanted to say too, because I, I I'm a big defender of the Finn character arc in here is that we know from the first uh, not the first film but from the Force Awakens that he defected. Excuse me from the First Order, but that even when he comes back, he is a reluctant rebellion person right he's really just more interested in ray and what happens with ray and i loved at the end when he finished the fight with or was fighting captain phasma that he she calls him a scum and he says i'm a rebel scum and that really helps kind of close the loop to say that he has now found his self-identity and fully embraced the idea that he is a rebel yeah. um, and that he's a part of the rebellion. So again, this is just one of those things. And I think it's why for me, it really worked as we you know, kind of start wrapping up here that the characters all are get their own arc and it's done in a way that each one of them has growth throughout their actions in the story. And then you layer on top of that the best visuals we've ever had in a Star Wars film, some of the best oh wow moments we've ever had in a Star Wars film. And for me, that's why it just ends up as my favorite Star Wars film to date. So so one of the things that I want to talk about as we end, as we wrap up, is I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but walking out of this, I felt as though the stories are all complete. I didn't feel like there's a whole lot of loose ends. Yep. What do, how do we feel about the fact that there is going to be a third movie? Do we see any... Like, what is the third movie going to be? Uh, what, right. what, are, what Where are we going? Because I feel like these two movies are kind of perfect together. And I'm not sure what what the next step needs to be, other than the fact, obviously, Kylo Ren's still around and yeah. you know we can still do it. But there's not really any kind of, as far as like, if this was the end, I would feel like, okay. Does I anybody else feel differently? What, what yeah. do you know? What? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think that it was important, that that whole moment with Kylo Ren and Rey in, the, in Snoke's chamber to cement the fact that Kylo is, he's gone all dark side, that he wants to be, he's a supreme leader. What I think is going to happen in the next, and I could be wrong, but knowing J.J. Abrams and the fact that he now gets to come in as kind of the conquering hero and give the fans what they want, which I guarantee you is going to be a lot of fan service in in the last one, which is fine, is I believe that Kylo will find the Knights of Ren, the the Jedi that he took from the temple that survived that we've yet to see in the first two films, and that will be the central focus of the of the big bads in this movie, and that'll that's what will ultimately tie up everybody together. Will be the confrontation between those two groups. If I had to guess, yeah. And what I what I love is you're right. A lot of things were wrapped up. Of course, Ren or Ray, no, Ren is the is the big bad, uh, but. I, I love that they wrapped up all the act like the physical plot. There's whereas with Force Awakens, we had to pick back up on that hill, on that island. Um yeah. and so now there's no in terms of plot, no connective tissue. They can pick up anywhere at any yep. time and yeah. do kind of anything that they want without having to having to explain too much, really. Um and so it really the third film will kind of be very f- yeah. very fresh and could be anything. So I, I could I literally that. open with a crawl that says it's been 15 years right. since blah 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 blah, and then we're off. Yeah, it's interesting. Know. We have we have a power vacuum in the first order, no, not a vacuum per se, but a rivalry at the top, and we have no clear. We have a clear hero, but we don't. 
know that much about what her trajectory is going to be like she unless she's visited by the ghost of christmas past or something she has to serve <laughs> as the mentor and she doesn't have any experience doing well that's going to be luke the luke, be, yeah, luke, yeah, luke, luke sure. will be luke will be the, the literal ghost of christmas yeah <laughs> he'll show up like yeah, obi-wan sure. kenobi yeah yeah there's no doubt yeah. that that will happen i mean i so, maybe so I, I, help, I, that's just to say that I, I didn't feel that things were like wrapped up all neatly like we have we have a, an arc for both of them to carry out because the but, conflict continues. Yeah, but if this was the end or whatever, we there's a lot we can assume. We know that Rey is going to grow into this Master Jedi and that other Jedi are going to start rising up. Uh, and, so, and so that's kind of... That's kind of what they need, where we know. They need bad Jedi to fight, right. so that's why I think yeah. the Knights of Ren will play into See, it. See, and I, I think the opposite—that's the uh, literal opposite that I came away with—is that the Jedi are supposed to die. That's what I thought this whole movie what? was about. What did you think yeah. the last scene meant? No, the Jedi Order is supposed yeah. to die. Yes, that's Jedi what I mean. Will this rise again. Listen, you get that whole what scene I'm, from what, Luke, which was amazing. Which I am will not be the last Jedi. And what, what yeah. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is not that Ray is now going to become this Jedi master that now teaches others, but more like, hey, you have the power to do this. This is not something that that I have to like. You don't have to have somebody to tell you you to learn these things and to come to some special school. But no, realize that the Force is among you and all around you, and you have the ability to tap into that, whether you are on a far distant planet and a kid, you are able to do the same deal as everyone else. That it doesn't mean you don't need to be related to someone. You don't need to be close to someone. You can on your own have access to this powerful thing that binds the entire universe. And for me, that's what's exciting is that the, 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 if Ray can allow others to realize that they have the power to do these things that suddenly the Knights of Ren have no chance whatsoever because anybody can pick up a lightsaber or yeah, throw but a... people still need to be trained and all that. Stuff. I mean, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I, I just like you said. I feel like the whole point of this was you know the organizational like religion that is the Jedi Order needs to go away. That is that is what was toxic and leading to these like battles where which is never ending. Good versus evil, but the sudden realization that the power is within all of us that we all have access to this thing. That's what I thought. I, that that's what I thought that we were going. And I hope that's where they continue to go. We don't kind of retread on that. Cuz if if Ray shows up and she's just teaching young Padawans in the next movie, I'm going to be super disappointed. That'll be like ugh. I don't think there's any chance of that. Okay, but cool. we'll, but we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, anything else before we wrap it up, guys? I hope I hope I have communicated why, even though there's a lot of negative uh, things. <laughs> How much that, you hate this movie? No, yeah, that, Daniel. That you've realized you've understood the eight out of ten because there really is so much <laughs> that I love about this movie. Seriously, like there's a lot of great stuff. All the emotional moments, all the character development. I really loved all of that. There are plot things that I really just didn't like, but 
there's so much good here. So I think you need to revise your score to a seven or maybe a five out of ten. Yeah, to you be just more keep back backpedaling. You're like this movie. There are so many problems and issues, but it's an eight out of ten. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the plot. It's so boring. Eight out of ten. <laughs> exactly. It's literally the That's most boring. It's the most boring thing I've ever seen. Eight out of ten. I, I, Two in a up. Star Wars movie. That that in a Star Wars movie. That's why the, the, the emotions were so strong. I connected so strongly. That's that's what I'm saying. It, it the, the emotions were so the, the characters were so well written and their arcs were so strong that it overcame uh, a lot of the weak oh. uh, a lot of the weaknesses. That's what. That's okay. What Professor, it looks like the whole San Andreas fault line is being activated. How dare you? Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Sorry. You're listening to the Screeners podcast. All right, guys. Well, that was our thoughts on The Last Jedi. Hey, listen, we've got a lot coming at you over the next couple of weeks. Some bonus episodes, some content, some new episodes. So stick with us. We're excited. Hope you guys have a happy holidays, and we'll see you in the new year. See you guys. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.